armor of God. And we got today to the helmet of salvation. Ephesians 6, 17. And sometimes you can read in the Bible, understand that there's an A and B part to the verse. And this is 617A, which means the first part of it. And it says, take up the helmet of salvation. People tell us continually that we are what we eat. Right? I mean, if, if I eat bad food, I'm going to remain overweight. If I eat healthy food, I will get healthier. Likewise, you are how you think spiritually. The battle with temptation and sin begins in our mind. There, there's a quote that says, Thought leads to action. Action leads to habit. No man can keep himself from having bad thoughts. The question is, how long do you linger on those thoughts? And do you allow that thought to take hold in your mind and then it will lead to an action? And it gets easier to do so every time. Thought leads to action. Action leads to habit. Too often we, we, we reason into sin instead of reasoning into righteousness. A stray dog will come into your yard. But you don't have to pet that stray dog. You don't have to feed that stray dog. But if you do pet it and love on it and you do feed it, it's no longer a stray. It's part of you. Just like a stray thought. You don't have to, to, to meditate on it and dwell on it. You can send it on. Get out of here. What, why do we meditate on those? You know, those random thoughts that come in. And we really, we, we, we begin to justify those thoughts, which means we justify our sin if we only saw it the way that God sees it. We call it an accident. God calls it an abomination. We call it a blunder. God calls it blindness. We call it a chance. God calls it a choice. We call it a fascination. God calls it a fatality. We call it a weakness. God calls it willfulness. We call it sickness. And God calls it sin. As a reformed alcoholic and drug addict, can I tell you that the thought has to change or you'll never be clean and sober. I have a trouble defining that as sickness. Because when somebody gets cancer, they can't think cancer out of their body. Does that make sense? So these people say, I'm just sick. I can't quit drinking. No, you're weak. You can't quit drinking. We were watching TV last night, guys. And there's a commercial about the opioid crisis. And this man who, who looks, looks successful on the commercial. I don't think anybody ever looks poor on commercials, though, do they? He, he says, my son had an accident. And no one told us how addictive the pills were that he was taking. What he should have said is, my son had an action and I did not impart strength into his life to turn away from his addiction. Guys, when I was snorting coke and running the streets, it was like, yeah, I can do anything, anytime, anywhere. The moment I quit, I started shaking and sweating 
And for three days I laid in bed with, with withdrawals, not answering the phone, not calling anybody, just asking that I die. My body hurt, my mind hurt. But I didn't use it yet. We have problems because we are weak. We have problems because we don't listen to God. We rationalize into sin and not into righteousness. You know what? I, I, I've told people, somebody said at work, you know, you, you preach, don't you? I said, yeah. I said, my spiritual gift is stepping on people's toes. So if your toes are hurting, the Bible says you have to forgive those that, who offended you. So if I offended you, forgive me. You see, it's an armor that I've been preaching about. It's an armor because we are in war. And the war, if you ever watch movies, a sniper movie especially, most times they don't shoot for the body. They shoot for the head. They want a kill shot. That's why the, the body armor is great, but we need to have a helmet on our head. See, the Roman soldier's helmet was made of bronze. It was ornate and, and you could see it. It had a leather strap that they strapped it on with, or if they weren't wearing it at the time, it was strapped on the belt of truth. People saw the helmets and knew who this person was. Paul calls it the helmet of salvation, which tells me our salvation should be the most ornate, most beautiful, most noticeable part of our lives. We should hear it, we should wear it, carry it, and never leave home without it. People want to, to take our salvation and, and leave it at home or keep it covered. God says, no, let me see it. Let me know it. Let others know who you are in Christ Jesus. Am I dead? I sure am, ain't I? I was talking so loud, I didn't even know. Come on now. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Whew. People should notice the difference when you are saved. The Bible calls us strangers and pilgrims in a foreign land. We're ambassadors to another country. It's not legalistic for us to, to say Christians should be different. That is our lives. Don't just put on a, a different mask, but allow the inner difference, the truth, to come out and people see it. Salvation involves the mind. Belief may be a matter of the heart, but repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. I, I, I know that it says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But I believe there comes a time where if you don't change your thinking and you continue going on, there's a problem. There's a problem. The Bible says that, that those who continually, willfully sin after they have a knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice for that sin. When does that happen? I'm, I'm not God. I don't know. But I know I don't want to be the one that maybe he says, you're a pastor. You're a preacher. Yet you never changed. I don't want to face that when I go to heaven. Repentance is, is not regretting sin. It's not being mad because you got caught. It's, it's not self-pity. It's when we change our mind about our sin and then desire a life change. Changing our minds will help us grow up. 2 Peter 
but growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Romans 12, 2 is one of my favorite verses. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 2.5 says, And let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. I believe with all that I am that too many churches emphasize the heart and the emotions today. They exclude the mind, but they want you to, to feel and feel and feel and be crying during worship. Can I tell you, I can weep anytime. Happy, sad, mad, or glad. It doesn't matter. My emotions are not my salvation. The base of saving grace, of the saving grace of God does not depend on how a person feels. What happens when you're in that place where everybody has to be happy during worship or sad during a sad song? What happens when you don't feel anymore? Feelings are not always going to be there. I have some, some dear friends. Well, Marty, I, I feel God when I'm doing this. That's nice. What about when you're not doing that? Oh, I just don't feel it today, Marty. Well, don't walk by feelings, brother. God is in charge. I don't have to have some... I don't have to get the Holy Ghost goosebumps to know that the Holy Ghost is moving in me. Come on now. That's a freebie. I don't even have that in my sermon. Woo! The Word of God feeds our minds and is a byproduct, as a byproduct, it enriches our souls. Some people choose a church based on emotionally charged things that they feel that regardless of what is being taught. Who cares about doctors as long as I feel good? I like that church because it makes me feel good. It don't make me feel guilty like you do, Marty. I don't like to feel guilty about my stuff. Well, quit doing your stuff. Come on now. Whew. <laughs> to truly live a Christian life, you need to think like a Christian. You are what you think. So put on the helmet of salvation, church. When we put it on, it's going to protect us from, from one, a divided mind. James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded, that means I look this way for my righteousness, and I look this way for my sin, and I don't really choose either one. I just sort of weave back and forth. We need to be singular-focused. Divided loyalties, split allegiances, multiple goals, and a multitude of desires will make us unstable. We wind up being half-hearted when we go all in. Well, I'm sold out for Jesus. Hey, you'll go to the lake tomorrow and drink some cold beer? We can get a little bit drunk, not, to not wasted. You know, they legalized marijuana in, in Colorado. Let's go out there and smoke some bud. Do not be drunk with wine. That's not just wine, church. That's anything that is a mind-altering substance. Do not be drunk with marijuana. Do not be stoned. 
Do not take excessive opiates to forget what you're doing. I've told y'all, and as much as I don't like it, pain is growth. I'm not, I mean, you know, I know Johnny's hurt, and I'm not saying, Johnny, you know, you're not, you don't have enough faith. If anybody ever tells you you don't have enough faith, you say, mine's greater than yours. And see what they say. But if Johnny sat back here stoned every day, if Johnny went to work on, on, on his pain pills every day, to the point where all he did was slobber on the bill of sale, he'd be useless to the world. I mean, I've been there. Don't get me wrong. I've taken so many pills at times, it's like, I don't need that anymore. I've got God. I've got the salve of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I've got a changed mind. <laughs> Which is better, to do a couple of things really well or to do many things poorly? I think a couple of things really well. We live in a multitasking society. We're capable of doing more than one thing. But are the multiple plans that we seek to accomplish in line with one another? We're trying to have a dose of Jesus and a, and a dose of the world. And, and like that would make us well-rounded in something. I, I have struggled with being able to relate to the men at work. My, my previous job, out of the seven, five of us were saved. And we witnessed to the other two. It's, it's more difficult when one person lives for Christ. Two or three say, yeah, man, I went to church Wednesday night. Where are you going Wednesday night? And then the next thing you know, there's half stuff coming out of their mouth. Blessings and cursings cannot come from the same mouth. Okay? Salt water and fresh water don't come from the same spring. Blessings and cursings cannot come from the same mouth. Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together unless they be agreed? So if you have one thought that doesn't align with the other, it's not going to work. Too many Christians are fence-riding Christians in today's society. Get on or get off. Okay? Get in or get out. Get up or get down, but don't ride the fence that you'll eventually fail. The story is about a group of people. I'm sorry. Pope Alexander VII asked a Greek man, why don't you become a priest? He said, because I might want to get married. The Pope said, why don't you get married? He said, because I might want to become a priest. Many, picture, many Christians have divided minds. Why don't you sell out for God? Uh, because I might not entirely done serving the devil. Well, why don't you just serve the devil? Because I might want to sell out for God. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and live like hell, but I can tell you, if, if you go out and sin, God will forgive you when repentance, repentance comes. There's a group of people gathered together. On one side of the group stood Jesus. On the other side stood Satan. And there's a fence separating the groups. Jesus and Satan began calling to people and, and they came into the groups one by one. Each having made his or her own mind went to either Jesus or Satan. It kept going for a time and eventually there was one man left. He didn't join either group. He climbed upon the fence that was in the middle and sat on it. 
Jesus and his people left and Satan and his people left. And after a while, Satan came back looking for something as if he had lost something. The man said, have you lost something? Satan looked straight at him and replied, no, there you are. Come with me. The man said, but I sat on the fence. I chose neither you nor him. Satan said, that's okay. I own the fence. When we sit on the fence, we're giving in to the world. A divided mind comes from wrong thinking, from not wearing the helmet of salvation, where we get our minds protected from the enemy and in tune with God. Jesus gave everything for me, and He deserves my best. Lukewarm service is, is not good enough for me to God. My faithfulness, my giving, my attendance in church, He deserves better than me living a life on the fence one foot in and one foot out. And besides, if you really get to it, that's a miserable way to live. I've been there. I've been there. Your mind is... And, and truly, if we get down to it, you're going to be a liar. Because you're going to come into church and act like you're, you're sold out for God and then you go someplace and act like you've never been to church. You're a liar. Either you are or you're not. What was the saying I heard? Uh, we're all free to choose, but we're not free to not choose. It's our choice to su surrender to God. But if we don't choose, we're lost. Whew. Oh. Richard Warmbrand uh, was a dedicated Christian who's imprisoned in Russia. In communist Russia. He was tortured constantly. And he said, I learned to give it all to God from the brutal guards who tortured me. When I saw that they allowed no place in their hearts for Jesus Christ, I decided I would not leave the smallest place for Satan in mine. We learn from the good and the bad. If they can live 100% for the devil, can I, live, can I not live 100% for Jesus? Here's a couple of questions. Who owns or did own, I guess they still do, the largest printing press in religion, putting out 500 pieces of literature a second. The Jehovah's Witnesses, who although they're deceived and deluded, are totally sold out for their cause. If you go many places, you'll see a, a, a printout from the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's everywhere. Who knocks on doors an estimated 500 hours before they see a single convert Yet are starting a new church per day around the world. The Mormons. They're wrong. Their belief is wrong. But they're totally sold out for their cause. Put on the helmet of salvation because right thinking says Jesus deserves my all. I wouldn't be here without Him. You wouldn't be here without Him. I don't need to live my life focused on myself or worrying about things that are under His control. I need to free myself to serve the one and the only who has it all in the palm of his hand. The devil wants to divide your mind. So let's look forward instead of around. Colossians 3.1 says, Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and these things shall be added unto you. You will not have a divided mind. Another thing, number two, is a deceived mind. Without the helmet of salvation, we can be deceived. 
2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may, may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. We, have, we try to make it more difficult. We try to make it more where you, an average person can't understand it. I told y'all, that's why I don't use these words that are like this long. Because I had to look it up and I don't want you sitting there Googling while I'm preaching. I had a hard enough time getting through to y'all as it is. Amen. Woo! So how does Satan deceive our minds? Genesis 3 is a really good example. Verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Satan didn't come and say, God, God's word's not right. He didn't deny God's word, but he cast doubt upon the word of God. Genesis 3, 4 says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will surely not die. First he cast the doubts. Then he went into open denial of what God has said. Then in verse 5 he says, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, don't you want to be like God? If you eat of that tree, you're going to know the difference. You're going to be just like Him. <laughs> he substitutes a lie for the place of God's Word. That's why it's important for us to read, to know, and to understand. When we put on the helmet of salvation, we'll not have a discouraged mind. The Bible sometimes will have verses that, that are similar, but say it in a different way or say a little bit different thing. And they're called parallel verses. A parallel verse to our scripture in Ephesians today is out of 1 Thessalonians 5.8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now it says, for those who are of the day. That means for those who are of the light. The darkness is for sinners and the lost. Light is for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Hope in the Bible isn't wishful thinking. It's an unwavering confidence in God. It's hope you already have found and received. See, when a soldier loses a battle, uh, he, 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 he's lost. He's gone. When we give up, we lose. We might as well just throw in our towel, throw in our weapons. Because victory isn't something that comes from without. It comes from within. I read a quote that said the general uh, and his men were completely surrounded. And he said to his men, said to his soldiers, Men, they're on all sides. Don't let even one of them get away. Come on now. I don't care if we're surrounded. I'm surrounded by the chariots of fire from heaven. I'm encamped by the angels of God. Woo! That's the attitude as a Christian soldier that you should have today. Your mind guarded with the helmet of salvation. I ain't going to let none of them get away. I'm going to crush every thought that comes up against Jesus Christ. When you're a believer, when you see a believer give up, uh, you, you can know that decision was preceded by wrong thinking. Well, Brother Marty, I just... They'll say something like, Ain't no use praying. Don't do any good anyway. Hmm. Maybe... <laughs> ain't no use inviting people to church. They ain't coming anyway. 
Ain't no use me giving. God doesn't give me back anything. <laughs> Ain't no use going to church. I'm as smart as the pastor and he won't tell me something I can't read for myself. Wrong thinking. Understand, I don't claim to be the most spiritual or, or the most studied person in this room. But God has anointed me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. When those thoughts come, lift up your head and put on the helmet of salvation. Protect your mind from those thoughts. I don't care how tired I am. I'm getting up and going to church. I don't care what shift I worked yesterday. I'm going to church. I don't care whether I didn't have breakfast today. I'm going to church. I don't care. I'm going. I don't, I don't worry about what they think. I worry about what I tell them about Jesus. One day in heaven, we're going to trade the helmet of salvation in. And we're going to get crowns. They'll go on your head for just for a moment. The Bible says that, that we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The one who is worthy, who guided our paths on earth through the changing of our minds. As I come to the end of this sermon, I want to bring two scriptures back. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renew makes, means to make new again. It's new and re. Our minds have been full of earthly things, but we can make our minds new by focusing on godly thoughts. Renew your mind. I think one scripture says, by the washing of the water of the Word. Wash out all that junk in your mind and put the Word in. Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first... Now understand, this is probably in my mind one of the, one of the most misquoted scriptures in, in uh, evangelical Christian circles. They'll say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. They leave out and His righteousness. And that gives them a way of escape. You see, too many people want to seek first the kingdom of God, but they want to ignore God's righteousness. God's righteousness is an expression of His holiness. He is infinitely pure and opposed to all sin. That's righteousness. That opposition to sin is demonstrated in His treatment of His creatures. When we read that God is righteous or, or He's just, we're being assured that His actions toward us are in perfect agreement with His holy nature. Seek His righteousness. Seek God, the kingdom. But seek His righteousness. Following the Bible will cause us to not act against God and allows us to seek the kingdom and the righteousness. Today, I'm challenging you. Put on the helmet of salvation. Armor up, church. Armor up. God wants you to have the victory. But that victory is only in Him. You know, we get worried about, about different things. And, and, and I would rather... I would rather God... Be pleased by my actions and my words when I'm outside of the church than have people think that I'm cool. Have people uh, an opinion about, about my uh, character. That's just an opinion. 
who you really are is something different. I don't remember who said it. Um, if I told you their name, if I could remember it, you'd know. But it, it's, oh, it was um, basketball coach um, John, coach at UCLA forever, won a bunch of championships. Somebody help me out. John. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said, your character is who you are when no one else is around to see how you act. Some people say the character is who you are when you're in darkness. My pastor told me that my charisma will get me places that my character can't keep me. I committed myself for my character. And that's not me being a character. Y'all know sometimes I'm a character. But this is about the inner person, the inner man. This is about my moral guide, my moral compass. And I have committed that my moral compass should be greater than any charisma that God has blessed me with. Promise yourself today. Promise yourself today. Not to be worried about what somebody else thinks, but to be pleasing unto God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You that, that Your Word is true. We thank You that You're working for us, bringing us along, helping us in all that we do. Father, I thank You for the hedge of protection raised around each person at Hillside Fellowship, that the pestilences shall not come near us. Father, the diseases are not victorious. Your Word is victorious. Father, I cast out any fear or any doubt in each person's mind here. We don't have to worry because Jesus took care of all that comes against us. If you be for us, God, who can be against us? What can be against us? Nothing. We praise you, God. We love you. Go with us as we depart from the tabernacle that we may be instruments of salvation. In Jesus' holy name, and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Church is dismissed.